Hotcakes of a Cult Kid. Check out frankietees.substack.com for more information. Being a victim of any sex assault can have lifelong effects. This is mostly misunderstood by the public at large, but hardly is there a serious awareness of the type of struggle we go through. When someone invades your sexuality visually, by touching, or by inappropriate conversation, all of which the government classifies as sexual assault, the invasion is of your sense of self. We are social sexual beings, and it strikes at the heart. Being at the place we were abused, our own bodies, for the rest of our lives, means many things. One of the things we often have to deal with is triggering memories around physical maintenance, such as showering, grooming, and the like. Spending time on ourselves requires being in your own skin. Often, the attack or ongoing experience left the victim with a desire to get away from the scene of the crime, which in this case is the body they inhabit. That's a serious issue to deal with. The assault often comes with a lingering guilt or shame that we could have done something to prevent it, or we would, should have done something to stop it. That in some way, we deserve it. That is often something that an abuser in parts in some sort of put-down or in the act of aggression and ownership alone. So a reminder of the hurt is there when you see your own reflection, when you are alone, and when you're with your thoughts. Even when you've done the work and it's still a struggle to deal with the image of yourself that was forced on you, it could be that you're sexualized too young or that the person you were assaulted by is family or that it was so violent or sudden your brain didn't get a chance to process it. Manifesting these lingering effects makes us struggle with our own appearance, often fetishing something to overcompensate or become unresponsive to bodily needs because dealing with them accompanies unwanted memories and thoughts. I ended up dyeing my own hair, losing weight, and changing my name to gain a sense of self. I became a dance performer and gained a new sport-level control over my body, which instills confidence, one which I could never develop before the possession of sexual abusers at a young age. But the triggering of awful memories can lead us to bad behavior. Not wanting to change clothes, bathe, deal with yourself. If you get too depressed, it can be super hard to deal with. I sometimes would have to find a way to reach in and find myself, to change my thoughts and moods suddenly like my life depended on it. It really does our life depends on it because lingering in depression stimulates stress hormones that can render us non-functional and create additional health problems besides just moods. According to Gabor Mate in the book The Myth of Normal, he says a Harvard research provided further striking evidence that emotional stresses are inseparable from the physical state of our bodies in illness and health. 
And the British Journal of Psychiatry in 2004 found that people undergoing life events, relatively ordinary stresses, and emotional losses such as relationship issues and work problems, that would not qualify them for a formal diagnosis, suffered more PTSD, like symptoms such as bad dreams or other emotional numbing than more obviously traumatized people who had endured war or other disasters. It's an amazing book, and I recommend Gabor Mate, The Myth of Normal. Taking care of ourselves means facing our demons. Avoidance sometimes feels like an answer, but it's not. It can be an emergency reaction, though, which people definitely do not understand in general unless they've been through it. Focusing on our bodies as survivors can be hellish, even if we've done recovery work. Random things still happen and get under the skin and trigger events and memories. Some answers for me? Forcing myself to do an alternative. If I usually shower, switched to bathing with tons of good smelling, non-triggering smells. Enriching smells has been very effective for me, such as oils and baths, certain candles or scents, as well as changing up the routine to make sure I'm not taking, to make sure I'm taking good care of myself, whether I feel like it or not, because it'll have a positive effect on me. For example, not wanting to do things until you feel like it, Doing it on a routine to ensure that smells and healthy attitudes dominate your surroundings, affecting the brain and memory with smells that are positive, comfort, and wellness. If we slip, smells of the body odor can often trigger awful memories, and then it can become a cycle like it was, a cycle of unwellness, of unwellness. Friends and family may hint that you need to take time to yourself, and you know, you don't want it to get to that point. Recognizing that our abuse is going to bleed into everything is a first step, without a doubt. Tricking yourself into self-care is great in the long run. Looking good can make us feel good. Feeling good can help us be functional and mentally well. Staying away from depressive habits is one way to sidestep the grooves we had made before, understanding they can get deeper. Music, sunlight, art, exercise are great ways to retrain the brain. That depression isn't the state of mind we should allow. Like a virus, it can spread and needs to be shot down. Take control and feel great by doing so before any further habits creep up. And always keep critical thinking. Join me next time for Hot Takes of a Cult Kid. I'm Frankie Tease. See more at frankietease.substack.com. Hot Takes of a Cult Kid. Check out frankietease.substack.com for more information.